one of my fears is disappointing people. And I, I say that. And I'm afraid somebody will meet me and say, I wish he paid more attention to me. I wish he was kinder. And I always say, if you think I'm six foot two, you will be disappointed if you meet me in person. 100%. I think we all have one of two core wounds. You either don't feel good enough and don't believe in yourself enough, or you believe in yourself plenty and you know you're amazing, but you just struggle to fit in unless you dial yourself down all the time. And most likely you feel unlovable on some level because you don't naturally fit in. Welcome to Next Level University. I am your host, Kevin Palmieri. And I am your co-host, Alan Lazarus. At Next Level University, we believe in a heart-driven but no BS approach to holistic self-improvement for dream chasers. We bring you seven episodes per week to help you level up your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. Self-improvement in your pocket every day from anywhere for free. Welcome to Next Level University. Next Level Nation, welcome back to another episode of Next Level University where we help you level up your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode, episode number 1,482, The Fear of Missing Out and What to Do About It. Today for episode number 1,483, happy Sunday, what's the most powerful thing you've learned about yourself recently? So as I've mentioned in several previous episodes this week, this week has been a heavy one for me. Things have been growing very quickly, and with growth, there usually comes opportunities for feedback, and I've gotten a lot of feedback over the last four to six days, and... It got to the point where I started asking myself, when someone comes to me and says, hey, I'm disappointed in blank, why does that take me off the rails completely? It's really hard for me. It's, it's so incredibly humbling, and it's really hard for me to put on a smile and then go do the next thing. So say I wake up to a message of, hey, Kev, I'm a little disappointed at the way something is. That's like 7 a.m. I still got to get to 6 p.m. that night. And that is really, really challenging to put on a smile and try to be positive and add value and be inspirational and just be next level. It's, it's really, really challenging. So I started thinking about it. And then Alan and I, after the monthly meetup, we always do a post meeting, usually with Jesse. But Jesse couldn't make it, so Alan and I just jammed together. And we were just talking about all sorts of different stuff. And Alan was talking about internal family systems, which is, it's a modality of therapy, is that correct? Mm -hmm. And one of the things was you, uh, the exile. I can, you, can, you can go through it, but I said, dude, I think one of the issues that I'm having is when people reach out to me and say I'm quote-unquote disappointed, that pokes my biggest fear. That pokes my, my biggest insecurity. That pokes my biggest uncertainty point. And it just takes me off the rails. And then we, I just thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. And I said, oh my goodness, you know why I do so well with coaches? Because I don't want to disappoint them. The reason I did really well with a fitness coach is because I didn't want to disappoint them. And I've, I've mentioned this story on the podcast before where I dieted through like two birthday parties, a wedding my own birthday and the 4th of July for one of my shows. And on the 4th of July, my partner and I at the time, her family rented this mansion down in Provincetown. 
And for those of you who don't know, Provincetown is a big, it's a beach town. And we went down to the beach and there were people having bonfires and s'mores. And I remember I had like two s'mores and a handful of M&Ms and I texted my coach and I was like, hey man, I messed up. And he's like, what'd you do? And I said, I had, I had two s'mores and a handful of M&Ms. And he was like, first of all, why did you tell me? And second of all, if you weren't you, I'd probably cut you as a client. I said, oh my God, I did something wrong. And I said, I don't know. I felt like I had to tell you. I felt guilty. I had to tell you. So my biggest fear was disappointing him. I said, Alan, how do you think I've made it as long as I have? I don't want to disappoint you. That's why I'm, I'm on time. I don't want to disappoint the other person. That's why I am anxious when I'm prepping for things. I'm not anxious prepping for things because I... No, level one is not because I want to do amazing. Level one is because I don't want to disappoint people. So I would rather over prep to the point where it's like, okay, I think this will be valuable enough to get by. And I'm just realizing how much that's running me. And it's powerful. I feel really good about the awareness, even though the awareness is kind of heavy. But it does feel like there's a lot of opportunity behind that awareness. So long story short, because we don't have a ton of time for this episode, that is the most powerful thing I've learned about myself recently. And I'm connecting dots that I never knew existed. Now I know that I'll be able to move dots in the future. So I'll be able to connect them differently in the future as well. So what is the most powerful thing you have learned about yourself? That would be my next level nugget slash question. Kevin and I have been doing this business together for six coming up on seven years. And it's very clear now, again, hindsight's twenty twenty, especially with this new awareness. And I think that we've known this iteratively over time. It's not like this is just a major breakthrough where we had no inkling of this whatsoever prior to that conversation. But during that conversation, it was very much a deeper understanding of that of, okay, that's definitely a thing. So for you, I think it's getting in trouble. It feels a lot like getting in trouble probably. So probably when you were a kid, you associated a lot of pain, emotional pain to getting in trouble. I think it's the disappointment thing. Because there, when I was when there I used someone to get in trouble, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Tara and I have been talking about me getting a therapist, so I think that's the next step. And I'm not against it at all. I I'm excited to do it. It's just been a, a time thing. But I remember I used to <laughs> when I was in like middle school, my buddy Rob and I used to throw erasers around the room. We just like throw erasers at the wall. And one time we got caught and I just couldn't stop laughing. When I get in trouble, I laugh usually. That's just my, that's my trauma response. When I get, when I get feedback of disappointment, I do not laugh at all. It, I get this pit in my stomach and it's just everything is wrong and everything is broken and I'm going to fail. That's, it's different. It's different. Do feelings. you have any memories from childhood that where you had someone say they were disappointed in you? That was like really devastated? No, but I would probably connect it back to, I don't know, my, my dad leaving maybe. Maybe I thought he was disappointed in me, so he left. That's the, the best I can connect it to now. Yeah, not good enough yeah. to stay. Like, you weren't good enough. Yeah, disappointed in who I was, even though I was literally pooping my pants as a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't a lot going on up here, you know what I mean? And by the way, for the listeners, none of this is rational. Yeah. And so, Kevin asked me before this episode, what's the main thing that I learned about myself lately. And it's something that I learned 
in general, but it's definitely something that I learned about myself. So I don't, I don't feel like I'm super concerned about disappointing other people. I feel like I disappoint people all the time. It doesn't seem to affect me a ton. Obviously it does a little bit, but what does affect me a lot is when people lash out at me or so there's this one person that Kevin and I both witnessed really, really, really attacked my character probably a year or two ago. And he said, do you think on any level the reason why you're so affected by that? Because it didn't affect you at all. And, and you also said, granted, she was attacking you, not me. So, mm. But do you re- think that the reason why you you know, allow that attack to affect you so much is because maybe on some deep level you believe it, even if it's not true? And I sat with that for a while and it's intellectually, I definitely don't believe it. You know, let's just think for a second, like, Alan, are you a good person? Intellectually, it's yes, absolutely. Spiritually, it's of course. Emotionally, it's like, and I told Kevin this, I said, I now realize that when I, when you have really high self-belief, and I hope some of our listeners are starting to connect some dots here. When you have really high self-belief and you're really smart or maybe really good looking or maybe you're really whatever, whatever you are, whatever your greatness is, whatever that is, whenever you're really a lot too much of something, I think that you poke the insecurities of other people's not good enough. And the way they handle that is either they attack you or they avoid you, both of which affect me a lot. And I said this to Kev, I said, Kev, it's hard to believe sometimes that you're not bad or whatever when you've been attacked kind of your whole life. And it wasn't until recently, the last, really my 30s, where I started looking around at these other people that are also so amazing. Emilia being the best example. Beautiful, sweet, virtuous. I've never seen her do an unkind thing. Literally on Tuesday, she said, I need (laughs) Spider-Man. It's like a funny joke across the house. And she sent me a picture of a spider up in her uh, corner of her office. Mm. And I had like a red shirt, so I came in, (laughs) Spider-Man. You know, it was funny. (laughs) So I ended up getting the spider, but she doesn't want me to kill it. Like, that's the level of cute and sweet that she is. I don't kill the spider, just get him the the fuck out of here, right? Uh, so anyways, I end up taking the spider outside, all good. But that's the level of sweet that Emilia is. I've never seen her hurt an animal, a human, nothing. Like she's just the sweetest thing. But yet she gets attacked. And I just couldn't understand it. It makes no sense to me. Like why are these people so mean to you? It makes no sense. And now I kind of get it. My name is Alex and I am a professional videographer who runs a production company out of Halifax, Nova Scotia. The one thing that I love about working with Alan is that right away he was able to come in and set up a system for me that makes sure that I am taking charge of my time and I'm taking the actionable steps that I need in order to progress towards my goals on a day-to-day basis. When I get off the phone with him, I always find that I am energized and I am getting the most out of what I do with my time. Emilia is beautiful. She's brilliant. She's ridiculously hardworking. She's charismatic. She's all this amazingness. And if someone is insecure, whether it's conscious or not, 
being around her would be hard for them, and sometimes they avoid her, and sometimes they attack her. And sometimes they're emotionally mature adults who actually coexist with her and are okay with themselves. So I think that there's two main core wounds we all have. And I think Kevin and I have opposite core wounds. Even though they stem from very similar childhoods. His core wound, I do believe, stems from not good enough. And I think that underneath that is you didn't really believe in yourself a ton. I don't think you believed you were amazing. I don't think you believed that you were better than. I don't think that you believed you were special or any of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my Freudian analysis here. For me, I kind of had the opposite. And for our listeners, I hope you're thinking about yourself, not us. Mine is, I always felt, I don't, I don't feel like I ever struggled with self-belief. I didn't. I didn't struggle with self-belief. I thought that I was great. I thought I was smart. I thought I was intelligent. I thought I was capable. I, I really did. I, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, I still do. It's just what I believe. Now, but I don't feel like I easily fit in. I don't feel like I'm easily likable. I don't feel like, I, I feel like I've always been the guy that behind my back, people don't like me. And and Kevin is the opposite. He didn't believe in himself, but he doesn't feel, he feels easily likable. He feels like, you know, he's a, he's a good guy. He feels like, you know, he can fit in pretty much any room he goes into, X, Y, Z. So I feel like there's two core wounds to my original point, which is either not good enough, meaning you just don't believe in yourself. So if you're out there listening and you, and you think you're on this end, maybe you're not good enough. Maybe you're not smart enough. Maybe you're not attractive enough. Maybe you're not hardworking enough. Maybe you're not... If, if any of that is resonating on the emotional level... Remember, intellectually, you can know you're good, a lot, good enough. This is emotional. We're talking about emotional things here. But if any of that resonates, most likely you're on Kevin's end of the drive to five. And that's okay, but we got we to gotta address that. If you don't feel like you're not good enough, you feel like you're good enough, smart enough, good looking enough, like you feel like you're super capable, you you feel like you can do almost anything you really want to if you too really good. work hard enough. What do you say? Too good, too capable. Yeah. Yeah. If that resonates, you're most likely on my end of drive to five. And most likely you feel deep down unlovable. And I think the reason why, and I, I've broken down some statistics on this, I think like 90 plus percent of the population has the core wound of not good enough. Meaning they just, they live lives of what Freud called quiet desperation. They don't believe in themselves and they don't really know what to do about it. So when they're alone, they're very unfulfilled and they're very struggling. They don't know what to do and how to, how to they, they want a better life. They just, they just don't really believe they can get one. Okay. And that doesn't resonate with me whatsoever. When I'm alone, I'm like the happiest person in the entire world. And I feel like I can just set my mind and do within reason pretty much whatever I want. I, I remember when I was 11 years old, it was going to be lawyer, politician, president, or it was going to be engineer, you know, MBA, uh, CEO of a tech company like my hero, Steve Jobs. I, that was my genuine thought process, regardless of anyone else. I wasn't saying that to be cool. If anything, when I said that, I was ostracized. But I remember actually making the conscious choice when I was 11 years old. I don't want to be president. You know, I don't think I want to. And then that really solidified after that court case when I was a lawyer. Kev? Look, man, I've watched a lot of court cases since then. I I may have thrown the case. That's my bad. Now I know. Kev was on the jury of a mock court case. He might have changed my life. 
Uh, but it's all I good. changed. I just knew. I was like, hmm, 15 years from today, I might want to start a podcast. I'm going to need this guy. You suck as a lawyer. Don't be one. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, yeah. Don't be one. I was in a full suit. So anyways, uh, I was a two-mucher from the get, man. I'll tell you what. Yeah, for sure. Full suit in, in school. But that's the two core wounds. Mine, I never really understood because intellectually it didn't make any sense. But I feel like it, I'm not an easily lovable person. And whenever people take away love or they attack my character or they attack me, it does. It affects me a lot. And I think the old me in my late 20s and and early 20s, I don't feel like I wanted to admit that. And now as I have matured emotionally, it's very clear to me that my friends and my family, whenever they would really hurt me or or attack me or make fun of me or whatever, it really affected me a lot more than I thought. Mm. And fortunately now I have started setting boundaries and just staying away from anyone who's like that, basically. But I think we all have one of two core wounds. You either don't feel good enough and don't believe in yourself enough, or you believe in yourself plenty and you know you're amazing, but you just struggle to fit in unless you dial yourself down all the time. And most likely you feel unlovable on some level because you don't naturally fit in. If you do have high self-belief and you are super capable, you don't fit in. You're, you're on the minority. It's a smaller percentage of the population. So, you know, if you find yourself very, very... And then some people are kind of both. You ping pong between both. And I think we all ping pong between both to an extent. But I think it's... I think it's one or the other. So for Kev, I think not believing in himself and not being good enough was his number one. Definitely. And then number two, he also struggled with self-worth. Whereas for me, I think I always believed in myself but I had low self-worth. And so you kind of can have a percentage of each of these. So maybe you're 80-20, 80% not believing in yourself, not good enough, 20% unlovable. For me, it's 80% unlovable, maybe 20% not good enough. I don't think that's my percentages, but the point is, is self-awareness here. And I hope that this resonates with, with some people. Heavy one today, heavy one today, but very necessary. It's somebody asked me yesterday, what's why is self-awareness so valuable? It's like, I, how much time do we have? We only have 15 minutes left in this interview. I, it's everything. It's everything. Because what's going to happen to you is going to happen to you. And again, don't, don't focus too much on the words I say, but maybe hopefully the point will land. What happens to you is going to happen to you. How you see it is going to be drastically different depending on your self-awareness. Mm-hmm. So the next time somebody reaches out to me, actually happened, after I had this awareness, somebody reached out with some disappointment and I said, okay, in my head, I'm feeling, I'm feeling some type of way. Everything is fine. I am going to overreact naturally, but I know, knowing that I overreact, I can try to level that out a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it was the best experience I've had with disappointment ever, probably. So progress happens when awareness happens and then awareness creates an opportunity and then a commitment creates progress. So if any of our listeners really, really want to be malicious, (laughs) reach out to Kevin and myself, email us, say, Alan, you are the worst person ever of all time. And Kevin, I'm wildly disappointed in that episode. This is, this is my (laughs) joke. We will delete the email and pretend it didn't exist. Yeah, I I couldn't, I can't read it. We, I've been saying this on other podcasts. One of my, one of my fears is disappointing people. And I, I say that. And I'm afraid somebody will meet me and say, I wish he paid more attention to me. I wish he was kinder. And I always say... If you think I'm six foot two, you will be disappointed if you meet me in person. 
One hundred percent. I am five foot four. Do not expect me to be taller than you if you're taller than five foot four, because you will leave disappointed. Okay, we have to go because it is nine fifty-seven a.m. as of the time of this recording, and I think we both have calls at ten. Next level nation. If you haven't joined our private Facebook group, Next Level Nation, please do. This is a place where you can feel safe, and as safe as Alan and I feel when we have very deep close to the heart episodes like this i want next level nation to be that place for you it's private so you can feel safe not so you can jump over a wall to get in so link will be in the show notes we'd love to have you there group coaching closes on tuesday group 12 we've done 11 other groups this is the 12th group 10 like-minded individuals 90 days six sessions Kevin mentioned self-awareness a lot on this episode. You are going to become more self-aware. You are going to become more others conscious. You are going to understand the world and how it works better. Therefore, you can make more effective decisions within it. Group coaching, honestly, the with the promo code, it's 30% off. NLU listener, it will be in the show notes. You can lock your spot right now. Group coaching, the value for the price point is genuinely insane. There is no, I I will put this out there. There is no place where you can get more value for less money than I've ever seen, ever, anywhere on the internet. I have a course right now that I pay a ridiculous amount of money for. It's thousands of dollars. Group coaching is only $97 a month for three months, okay? The, The value for the price point is genuinely insane. We do that because we want to see you flourish, so... I hope that you join, and uh, we will see you on Tuesday. Tomorrow, for episode number 1,484, Why Being Vulnerable is So Hard. I've been talking about this a lot on podcasts, and I have a really good analogy, I think, for why vulnerability seems impossible for some of us later in life. And even if you're young, I promise We'll make the dots connect for you. As always, we love you. We appreciate you. Grateful for each and every one of you. And at NLU, we do not have fans. We have family. We will talk to you all tomorrow. Self-awareness is everything. Next Level Nation. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. We love connecting with the Next Level family. We mean it when we say family. If you ever need anything, please reach out to us directly. Everything you need to get a hold of us is in the show notes. Thank you again, and we will talk to you tomorrow.